Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. It's said that grandkids are the reward for raising kids. <laughs> and um, it, it, is, it is in so many ways true. I mean, the experience of being a grandfather, we do nothing at all. And then there are these little children that come into our lives that absolutely adore us, think we're the most wonderful thing that there is, and uh, they're right. <laughs> no, they, it is just so wonderful to have these little ones. And uh, so I drove down to Bend, where Amy and James and, and the two boys are, and, and had just a uh, magnificent experience. And of course, when I got there, um, Christopher kept coming up to me and saying, Grandpa, surprise? Surprise? <laughs> like, did I bring a surprise? And uh, I had stopped at... Uh, Cabela's on the, on the way and picked up some uh, fishing poles for these boys. And so it was a wonderful experience because I remember as a kid, my grandfather taking me fishing when I was about five years old out on Liberty Lake outside Spokane. And so, uh, so it is that we learn how to be not just grandfathers. We learn how to be fathers from the faithfulness of those who um, are acting or are actually our fathers. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes those examples are lousy. And that's why God is our father. That's why Jesus instructed us to address our God as our father. Because we all as human beings fail in so many ways. And and so we always have that ideal that is our, our Heavenly Father. We're going to look this morning at the 127th Psalm, which is a psalm that was used during the pilgrimage of God's people as they're making their way up to Jerusalem. It's called one of the Psalms of Ascent. And that means they are rising up, they're, they're going up the hill to Jerusalem. And this is one of those psalms that they would repeat. And it's a psalm of Solomon. Now, Solomon was David's son. Following Solomon, and you know, we have this dynasty that's set up by David's rule. Now, David was a great king, but a lousy father. When you look at his life and how things unfolded, Solomon took the responsibility of building the temple because God denied that to David. Solomon was a good father, but a lousy king. And the kingdom divided after Solomon's reign. But at least he had this challenge of, of building the temple. And so it is his reflection on that that is applicable to being a father. Unless the Lord builds the house, the workers build it in vain. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat 
For God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift of the Lord. They're a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So every time, well, with my, my son and my two daughters, when they had these young men who said they wanted to marry my girls, I, I sat down with them and I told this to my son Bryant along the way as well. There are three prim primary responsibilities of a father. To provide, to protect, and to guide. Provide, protect, and to guide. And if they're providing and if they're protecting, God willing, they're also guiding, and that guidance has to do with, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And it's the Lord who protects the city. And anything else constitutes vain effort. And of course, the Proverbs unpack that vanity, unpack the activities that constitute vain activity and worthless work. Now, <clears throat> yes, it's true. When I got to Bend, they wanted a surprise. But imagine if I, as their grandfather, showed up with a, an 85-inch TV screen, and if I bought their mom a brand-new BMW SUV, and imagine if I bought Dad a, um, a, a brand new sleek car that he could drive to work. Imagine that I had spent all my effort and all my time trying to get a bunch of junk stuff for that family. Well, let me just say, if the, fo if the fishing poles are any example, they were excited for about, oh, maybe 30 seconds. And then the fishing poles are, are down. They're gone. And then it's, of course, Dad and Mom and, and I who took up the fishing challenge. And if they put a new screen up, I'd hear the kids saying, Grandpa, this is awesome. And then they'd be off and doing something else. And they could care less about cars in the garage. And how do we lose the wisdom of children in our lives? And of course, when our lives are full, when we're toward the end, the closing days of our lives, we look back on all that stuff and realize how worthless it is. So why is it we fill our time with so much anxious toil? Why is it that we fail to recognize that the real provision, the real provision that the Lord gives, and that is our responsibility, not just as fathers, but as parents, is stuff that has enduring value. Our provision of love. And, and so often, the best thing a father can give to his child is his mother. A father must sacrifice time, effort. A father must do what he has to do to make sure that they are safe. 
and that they have uncluttered time with mom. And, and yes, it'll drive mom crazy, especially if it's little boys. And Amy found out, by the way, the day I got there, that it's number three little boys on the way. And, and, and uh, little Christopher cried when he found out that it was a, not a sister, it was a little boy. And, and I, of course, told Amy, I said, honey, the only unclaimed territory around here is that sweet little boy who's going to be compliant and loving and all of that. All the other territory, the, the rambunctious kid territory is all taken by the other two. <laughs> so fear not. But when we, when we give ourselves, when we give our lives, who cares about the stuff? So at 5.30 Thursday morning, the morning I was leaving, my door opened and in came Christopher. And he came up and climbed in bed with his grandpa. And we snuggled for about 10 minutes. And I got more time than that fishing pole. I got more from that than I'm sure Christopher did, because you know how little kids are. So the the stuff that we give, if the Lord doesn't build the house, if we provide for them security, safety, the stuff of love, yes, of course they need to eat, but they could care less about some of the other stuff that we spend all of our time going after. And God willing, we achieve that point of some wisdom. Where we begin to see that, yes, it's nice to have a nice house. Yes, it's nice to have a good car and all of that sort of thing. Nothing wrong with those things. They're good goods, but they're lousy gods. And we make them gods. But we provide for them an example. As fathers, we provide for them an example of what God is like. That is the high calling of being a father. That is the challenge of being a grandfather as well. We impart, we, we carry, we embody the wisdom of God, the love of God with children, with little ones. Why? So they love God when they grow up. It's real simple. We want them to grow up to know God and love God. It's, it's so fundamental. It's so basic. And that's why we do it. And if the Lord protects the city, likewise we are to protect the family. We are to be the protectors. We are to be the ones on the perimeter watching for all those threats out there. Watching for those things that may constitute anything that might be a threat to the family. This is why I'm saying David was a lousy father. If you know the story of David, he had a problem. He had a problem with, with women. And as he departed from the sanctity of his family and violated the trust of his family. He violated the trust of his children. He undermined, he undercut his relationship with them 
When one strays, one is not simply straying against, over against one's spouse, they're straying over against one's children as well. Threatening their security, their stability, their sense of, of goodness and, and a basic fundamental understanding of what it means to be home, to be safe. Unless the Lord builds the house, there is no home. And unless the Lord protects the city, children are not safe. So the primary responsibility of, of any father, grandfather, is to give of oneself even as God gave himself for us. To make sacrifices. To pour ourselves out. To provide for others. I had a man in my church in Texas who, uh, I remember old, good old Joe T. Smith. Of course, in Texas, they always find ways of making even names fun and funny. It was Joe T. And um, Joe T. did very well in life. And he drove a 25-year-old Plymouth that was the size of, uh, you know, a boat. It was huge. And he was so funny. And people always made fun of Joe T. And I, I asked him one time, I said, you know, Joe, I, I said, I mean, you can afford a new car. He said, yeah, but this has only got 187,000 miles on it. And he said, it doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't matter. And I know the kind of father and grandfather Joe T was. And that was a moment of wisdom. And had he bought a new car, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Get a new car. But that's not what life is about. Those are the rewards that we enjoy every now and then. That's not what it's about. Unless the Lord builds a house, unless the Lord protects a city, our work is vain. All of our activities are vain. Unless we ourselves follow on the example that God has given to us, not just in his relationship with the people, but also in his relationship with us through Christ. And Jesus Christ, who before he died, got on his hands and knees and washed the disciples' feet. He took the very lowest of activities and took it upon himself. There's nothing he wouldn't do. There's no act of service he wouldn't perform. He wasn't above any form of work. And then he gave his life for his family, for us. And in that is, is the wisdom to which we all aspire as we belong to God. So I was one and a half years through seminary. And um, 23 years old, 
And of course, at 23 years old, I knew so much. I was so smart. And I was doing well and all of that sort of thing. And I could name theologians and I could go into the subtleties and nuances of the book of Ephesians and all that sort of thing. And I came home, it was Christmas time. Drove home from New Jersey and was home for Christmas and we had some relatives there. It was a wonderful time. And, um, and then, you know, the, the contention between myself and my father broke out at the dinner table one night. And, and Dad, Dad was an engineer. He, he thought like an engineer. And when he was trying to argue a point, he was out of his territory. He was just was not where he belonged. And so Dad, Dad, who told me that whenever the attacks become personal, the argument is lost. And Dad would make, start making personal attacks on me. <laughs> and there at the table, he, you know, he, he said the right things, but oftentimes at the wrong time. And he said, you're just a kid, and you're telling me? And I got mad. I made all the dishes bounce on the table with my fist. Got up and walked out and drove around Omaha. So mad. So prideful. So wrong. Got home that night. I was staying in the basement because we had relatives there. So I went down and climbed to bed. Dad came down. He'd heard me come in. He came over to me. He said, son, I am so sorry. And then he covered his face. And I, I went and hugged him. And I thought, that's a man. That's a real man. Not because he's right. Because he wasn't right. He was never right. <laughs> because he was humble. And he loved. He knew when he was wrong. He owned it. And in, in that, I was embarking at that moment. It was a transformational moment for me. I was embarking on that moment into what it means not just to be a man, but to be more than a man, to be a father. Give myself in a way that would evidence the reality of Christ in my life. And that's always our challenge in all of our relationships. That we'd be more than men. Will you bow with me in prayer? And so, Father, yes, there are times when we're wrong. Let us own them. Let us do the, the good thing. Stand up and take ownership. And thereby set an example 
even though we don't feel like we're an example at all. Let's set an example that was first set by your Son, our Savior Christ. Lord, it is in His name that we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.